You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Really excited to be here with you. Uh, it is Sunday and one of my favorite days of the week because we get to talk about real estate here. We've got a special guest with us today, Melissa Delena of Delena Law. We've got several uh, fantastic guests coming on today. The real estate market is changing. Some things are happening. It's nice to be able to report some new news. And uh, listen, don't get all upset listening to that mass media out there. They're, 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 they sell fear. We're selling the truth, right? We're not actually selling anything. We're selling real estate, but we're telling you the truth. We're here, our feet on the ground. So one of the major things going on, which Melissa is going to talk with us about today, and it's been happening over, I'd say the past year, year and a half, more and more so uh, more often is uh, exclusive buyer representation agreements buyer commissions being paid by buyer, by uh, buyers themselves versus uh, sellers in some points. Um, so we're going to jump into that today. Melissa's been practicing law here in real estate almost 20 years and uh, in Rhode Island. She knows her stuff, licensed in Massachusetts as well. She's fantastic. So Melissa, thanks. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. And thanks for everybody who's listening out there. Yeah, I, I mean, you're so right, Emilio. There's lots of doomsday, you know, conversations about the market. And, you know, look, I'm not trying to undermine the fact that there are things happening, quite frankly, on an international scale and nationally that are potentially going to have impacts. But at the end of the day, we have really been watching a true supply and demand economic issue. And that means we are in a place where we don't foresee the market stopping or imploding or having any kind of giant fallout. So if you're out there needing to buy a house for you and your family to live, what, what would keep you waiting? Um, there's lots of graphics and you know information out there about the longer you've waited, if you've already waited a year, how much it's costing you. If you wait another year, how much is it going to cost you? So, you know, the time is now if you need to move. So, you know, like we've been saying for the past two years, I feel like there's, this is not a reason to get scared and sit on the sidelines. COVID was scary, but people still bought and sold lots and lots of properties. They did. Yeah. I mean, record numbers of homes were, were sold uh, at record yeah. volume. So yep. yeah. Um, and it certainly, you know, this lends itself to a perfect segue to talk about the buyer agency agreement, which is something that we used to see a long time ago. You alluded to it in my intro that I've been practicing for two decades. Um, which makes me feel remarkably old. But you look, old. you look amazing. You look oh, absolutely you. much younger than that. But you're wise. Yes, yes. not the whippersnapper I used well, to be. But yes, um, you are. Get out of here. As for buyers agents agreements, I can remember Emilio this at the very beginning of my practice in the early 2000s that we were seeing uh, basically buyers signing on to an exclusive relationship with their buyer's agent, uh, which means you're not dabbling with other agents. You're not going to open houses by yourself. You're essentially saying, this is my person. And frankly, in a market like this, I think you really do need someone who's going to be advocating for you exclusively. So why not sign a buyer's agent agreement? 
Yeah. And some of those buyer's agents agreements um, also have an overlay that states that the buyer is willing to compensate their buyer's agent directly. And it can be structured in a lot of different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. But we are starting to see more and more use of this in the industry. And I think that's true in your office as well, correct? Well, it, it, it is, Melissa. And, you know, one of the things I'd like to throw in right here, because because people might say, well, you know, in a, in a time like this, isn't it? better off to go to the listing agent. No, it's it's not always good to go to the listing agent. While you can, yes, listen, you have no representation at that point. And if that one transaction doesn't work, now you're back in the sidelines, mm-hmm. you're starting over. Never mind the fact that that listing agent works exclusively for the seller, has an exclusive agreement for the seller. So any real estate agent worth their weight in gold that knows about off-market properties, that lists a lot of properties and can get you in ASAP as soon as they hit the market, that has connections with all the other big real estate agents and can get you in, great rapport, can negotiate for you, not so much on price right now, but on terms that are favorable to you and some other things, maybe inspections, repairs, et cetera, et cetera, that is worth the, let's just say the quarter of a point or the half of a point that you may have to compensate your real estate agent. And, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about how that commission works in a bit. Um, I feel like you were jumping to another point. I just wanted to interject that. Well, I, I and it's a great point because I completely agree. You know, you have no representation if you're working with the listing agent, their duty and obligation is to the seller. So it does absolutely put the buyer, I think, at a disadvantage from the negotiability. Like you said, price is price. There's probably not going to be a lot of that flexing happening regardless, but it's the other terms. And more importantly, the buyer being educated about what their options are, what those rights and responsibilities will look like. So I think it is so, so important to have a buyer's agent involved. Um, And I think the point that I was going to make is that this is also a time right now where sellers are looking very closely at their costs. They're being um, super careful about the offers that are coming in. So if you are putting forth that you maybe even have agreed to compensate your buyer's agent, then perhaps the listing agent has more flexibility with the seller. And that is something that we're starting to hear is happening out out West and in other jurisdictions where buyers are offering to pay commissions, either in total or in part. So I can't help but wonder if this buyer's agent commission that we're starting to see enter the the marketplace here in Rhode Island, which is more geared truly, I think, for compensating buyer's agents who are working their tails off right now, because we know that buyers aren't getting the properties. They're putting in offers sometimes two, three, five, ten. ten times before their offer is being accepted and their dream house is being come to uh, you know fruition and realization. So those buyer's agents are working tirelessly hour, and hour, hour over hour for these buyers without compensation, which is the point of this should be an additional compensation structure, which I think is most of the time what it is beyond what the listing agent is offering to the buyer's agent. But there may even be a, a shift. I don't know if the thread will change where the buyer's agents are saying, hey, I'm going to comp my buyer's agent so the listing agent can, you know, maybe sweeten the pot for the seller or do something different. We'll see. Yeah, but, you know, there's that. And there's also something else which is coming down the pike in in different MLSs. So the MLS is for folks listening, that acronym stands for uh, multi-listing service. And the multi-listing service is where all of the realtors put 
their their clients' homes, their listings on the market. The MLS is in essence the market, right? So everything outside of uh, for sale by owners goes on the MLS, and it's the largest data of homes on the market, sold, this and that. And it's what appraisers look at as far as comparables. It's the most important data in real estate. So here's what's happening, Melissa. I'm not sure if you heard about this, but there are some MLSs around the country that are now talking about removing the buyer compensation from MLS and now making it so that the listing agent uh, I'm sorry, that the sellers don't pay the buyers, that the buyer's agent signs an exclusive agreement with the buyers and the buyers pay that agent directly for that. Now, whether or not that is something that takes off, you know, I, I think if anything, it might complicate things a little bit. I do. Um, yeah, I do. But th- this goes back to the antitrust, uh, quote unquote, antitrust suit. They tried suing realtors for several years back. And I, I don't think it really went anywhere. Um, I know that's still, I, I think they squashed it. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's been a while since, since that's talked about. But long story short, there are still some MLSs which are, which are taking that stance and saying now buyer's agents, if they want to get compensated, they have to sign an exclusive. So what's happening in those markets is that's exactly what's happening. And buyers now are paying you know, a, a, a larger percentage Right now, and they're paying for it anyways, because, you know, and I don't want to go on a tangent on this, but when the sellers are marketing a property on the market, the commission is, is part of that purchase price that the buyer is paying for. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's effectively built in. Um, I know we've seen, you know, historical data that the property will sell for more money with the agent's involvement. And so it is sort of built into the price point to, you know, to your point. And I think these are some of the things that we're seeing in other jurisdictions that I just you know, kind of mentioned as well, buyers are paying some or all of the commission. Now you may have situations where sellers and listing agents aren't offering any commission or compensation to the buyer's agent, which frankly is just not fair, right? Of course, as we just said, they're working tirelessly for these buyers. They deserve compensation for their time. So I do think that this conversation potentially could continue to evolve. I really don't know where it's going to settle right now. What I can say is that for the brokerages and the agents that I've seen doing this, make sure that your clients understand the disclosures, right? That you are working for them only and that the buyer, not the seller, but the buyer is compensating the agent directly. And as a buyer, you want to know if you're signing a buyer's agent agreement, are you agreeing to compensate or are you agreeing that they're just going to represent you exclusively? Because again, there's lots of different ways those agreements can be structured. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Delana Law. Now back to the Desperado Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Awesome. Good stuff. And we're back. We're talking with Melissa Delana of Delana Law about a very important subject, and that is buyer agent uh, agreements and compensation. And it's not always as simple as, uh, look, you have an exclusive agreement or you don't, the agent's not going to get compensated because here's what happens, right? Is, is buyers and agents, okay, are literally, and correct me if I'm wrong, kind of holding themselves open to liability. Let's just say if there is no agreement signed, okay? Mm-hmm. If there's no agreement signed, 
and an agent is procuring cause on a property, meaning they found the property, they sent it to the buyer, the buyer now went in, is now working with that listing agent directly, that buyer's agent is still technically due that compensation because they are quote unquote procuring cause, which now offers into a little bit of a muckiness of the potential transaction. So you gotta be really careful. You know, if you're like, look, when you go to a local bar, you don't cheat on your bartender. Okay, you just don't do it. you don't jump from bartender to bar. You sit there and you, you you pay the same bartender, right? You know what I mean? Like when you're working with a real estate agent, you want the best service, you want to find the best stuff. First off, make sure that you hire somebody that knows the market, that probably lists a lot of properties as well, and works with buyers too, or has a team of people behind them, or whatever it may be. A lot of great realtors in the state, Melissa. So make sure you're linking up with somebody who knows their stuff. And, and also another thing too is almost all top-notch real estate agents are having their clients sign buyer exclusive agreements. I mean, we do on the Spirito team because it also protects them. And it yeah. also gives them a whole list of stuff we're going to do for them. And it sets the expectation. This is what we're going to do for you. This is what our exclusive me agreement means together. And it's a win-win situation. Right. And, I, you know, to your point, if a buyer is going into an open house, let's just say, or meets an agent or creates a relationship where they're interested in moving forward, one of the first questions that should be asked by that proposed listing agent is, are you represented? And the right. buyers really need to be forthcoming, open and honest about it, because otherwise, like you said, they're really creating kind of a mucky situation because the listing agent will have an obligation to compensate the buyer's agent. But if the buyers don't disclose it, it just makes it very uncomfortable for everybody. And frankly, this is a small state. You know, yeah. I think this, generally speaking, realtors in Rhode Island get along very well together and work cordially together. We 100%. don't want that. We don't want to have situations. You know, everyone can work it out as long as we're all being honest. Yeah, exactly. And I got to tell you, Melissa, I, I would say eighty percent of my personal business is listings. Okay. Um, Listing. So I, I we help. I've helped hundreds of families here in Rhode Island, and never once has it hurt my has it hurt the buyers who have come in with a buyer's agent to place an offer. Because if you look back, literally statistically, I mean, my team. Okay, I've got a team here, and we procure buyers all the time for our listings, but we don't always win them on our own listings. Sure. Because we're showing the sellers all of the offer authors as we're ethically obligated to do. And you said it best. Rhode Island is a small state. Look, if you are thinking short term, if you're thinking, hey, I'm going to I'm going to win a couple thousand extra dollars on this one transaction. Um, you know, you're an idiot, not you, but, you know, the agent, whoever is an idiot. And it is seldom that we run into that kind of old school kind of like tactic. I mean, Everything is very open and transparent. And it's just with the age of the internet and reviews and all of that other consumer power, which I think is fantastic because I'm a consumer too. Right, right. That's consumer protection, I think, is of utmost importance. So, you know, again, I, I don't see a lot of people trying to, you know, have this dirty, dirty politics, but it's just, it's just important to have everybody be open and honest. And then that way there's nothing but transparency. 
Absolutely. And one, one other quick thing I'd like to add in here, because earlier on in the segment, by the way, we're talking with Melissa Delano of Delano Law. She specializes in residential real estate and she's licensed in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Her office is dead center in Rhode Island in East Greenwich. Give her a call, by the way, if you have any questions, 401-885-3800. But before we let everybody go, we're talking about buyer contracts, exclusive buyer contracts. And there are certain um, situations where a real estate agent who is working for a buyer, and again, keep in mind, they only get paid when it closes. They only get paid when they when they fully finish the service that you've hired them to do. There's no upfront anything unless they charge a retainer, which is extremely rare, but we can do. But anyways, long story short, there's certain listings on the MLS that are offering $1, $1. Now, there's some that are offering 1%, 1.5%. That's very uncommon, but it happens. And you got to also know that your real estate agent is self-employed. They're paying self-employment taxes. They're paying you know, for their car, their car insurance. They're paying for the board of realtors. They're paying for everything, their, their own health insurance. They pay their broker. They pay, you know what I mean? They're, they're just, it, it never ends. And at the end of the day, it's a loss for somebody, obviously, when they're working for under, I would say, you know, a more common commission rate. We're not allowed to talk so much commissions and I'm just, I'm being vague here. So what happens is when you have a buyer representation agreement, let's say if there is a difference, let's say if the, the agent is the listing agents offering 1%, and there is a difference between your compensation of 2%. So meaning you're, you're charging a 3% to your buyers, okay? Then the, the buyers would cover that 2%. But before you ask the buyers to do that, you place in the offer that you're asking the sellers to do it, okay? So there's different ways to do it. Talk with your real estate agents about it. I don't want to get too technical or confusing here on the radio. Um, but Melissa, does that make sense what I just said? Yeah, no, it does. It does make sense. And again, this is why, because I didn't want to get into the math and the numbers and the nitty gritty. There are lots of ways that the financial compensation components can be structured besides just the, hey, you're my guy, you're my girl realtor. It's also, well, how are we going to be compensated? Where there'll be a delta or a difference of compensation that the buyer will pay above and beyond what the listing agent's offering in the event that I'm not getting an, a threshold, an X number, because that is, you know, I hate to say industry standard, but that's what yeah. their compensation should be or would normally be. A- absolutely. And, and another thing too, just to, just to note is there is no set standard of compensation with real estate agents. There's, there's common, you know, right. there's preferred, there's no standard. So if anybody ever tells you there's a standard, they're not allowed to say that. Okay. That's, right. that's not- it's just what most of the time we see in the marketplace. It's certainly, like you said, not required, not, not Correct. forced. Yes. Correct. Absolutely. And then, you know, I had, I had one other point before I let you go, Melissa, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's slipping my head, but, but, oh, you know, more importantly, when you are like, when you are in an agreement, like the way that we do it on my team is once you sign an agreement with us, 
We know we're in business with you. We know you're protected. We know we're protected. Now we start looking and searching for those off-market properties and mm-hmm. we start really digging. And this takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money. We're sending postcards out on your behalf to sellers. We're knocking on doors. I mean, there is an amazing, tremendous amount of time and resources that go into looking for those off-market properties in a historically low inventory market, okay? But- you know, the market is picking up inventory as well. And I want to leave this segment on a super positive note. Again, you know, it's, it's, you are who you hang with. Okay. So as far as working with, you know, a reputable type of real estate agent, the best advice I could do is say, Google them, find out, uh, you know, if they have a website that has different data for you, different information on the markets, if they have a website you can use to search, (coughs) excuse me. Also, if they do provide you with off-market property searches, and most importantly, what are their clients saying about them? What are their reviews saying on on Google, on Zillow, on some of those other websites? Check those out before you hire anyone. And if you have any questions at all, again, from Melissa Delena on the legal end, you can call Melissa Delena at Delena Lot, 401-885-3800. Melissa, thank you so much for being here on the show with us today. Thank you, Emilio. It's a pleasure as always. You're very welcome. So this is the Spirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Delana Law. We'll be back in a couple minutes. This segment is brought to you by Matt Bates for Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, good morning. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is your real estate show powered by Movement Mortgage. Today, we've got Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage on here with us. And we're going to be talking about a very important program for some of the most important people in our country and it's the VA loan. This is for veterans. Now, regardless if you are able to use this uh, program or if you're simply a homeowner and potentially going to sell your home one day, this information is going to be important for both of you, right? Because VA loans go out to some of the most qualified people out there, okay, our veterans. And these are oftentimes more than not, Matt can uh, definitely jump in on this in a second and, 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 and reassure you here, veterans are on point. I mean, you got people that are trained to the highest professional standards that they, they, you know what I mean? They hold themselves differently. They make sure all their ducks are in a row. Veterans are a different type of people. Okay. And they do things often more, more than none by the book. So I'd like to thank all of our veterans out there right now that may be listening. And this segment is, is totally for you. And again, for any homeowners that should really understand what an offer coming in from a VA loan is all about. Matt, thanks for joining us today and talking about this super important subject. No, thank you. I, I uh, really appreciate being here. And yeah, VA loans are, uh, they're my favorite loan uh, to write. They're my favorite customer to deal with uh, on all fronts. Um, I have a lot, an enormous amount of respect for them. Um, I'm very interested in their stories about like, you know, you know, where they've been, where they travel, what, what, what uh, service department do they serve in? And, um, you know, how, what they got going on and, and learning the, about them as people and how we can help them get into a house. And the VA loan 
if for no, if there's no other, other reasons out there, and there are many other reasons out there, but the VA loan is phenomenal. And I wish I was a veteran so I could get access to that type of financing. Jump uh, in and join. You're young enough still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, seriously. Um, I, I really do wish I, I had to make that, I had made that decision to join some sort of division of our armed services because uh, one, it's a great honor, and then two, um, <laughs> the financing after you get approved for it is pretty is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they uh, the veterans are the most. They go like you said, they go by the book. You know, they're they're there to to receive a, a financing benefit that is available to them for good reason. You know, it's yeah. not like it's not like oh, here's you're a veteran, we feel bad. Here's your here's a here's a loan to help you get through the process. It's no, hey, you earn this loan, this type of financing. You deserve to be able to buy a home for your family after you served for your country with yeah. very, very favorable lending terms. And that's the that's the the, the truth of the matter right there. Um, and uh, we're 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 constantly helping different veterans from different different um, walks of life. You know, some people are some vets are high ranking uh, officers in, in, in the Navy and the Army, the Marines and generals and and then there's just the one that, you know, people that just joined for uh, just to, just to, for the experience for four years. And National like, Guard. Privates, National Guards. Um, yeah. Coast Guard. Like, you know, again, all walks of life, all different types of veterans. But um, most recently, we've been deal- dealing with a, um, a retired Navy Admiral that uh, is purchasing a two million dollar home in, in uh, South- southern Rhode Island. And it's 100 percent financing, which was really of an interesting experience to go through because most people assume that when you're in that type of price market, you have to put down hundreds of thousands of dollars, 20% down, um, you know, to be able to get a financing approved. But with VA loans, they've actually recently removed the, the, the loan limit uh, amount. And as long as the veteran can qualify for the payment, Amazing income wise and an appropriate credit. Yeah, they can. The sky's the limit. They can go and borrow up to however much they want. So, is this only for single family, or can they do this on on multifamily as well? They can do it on multi. They can do on multifamilies and single families as long as they live in the in the in the property. Correct. Yes, it is an owner occupied loan, so they have to occupy the residence. Yeah. Let me ask. Let me ask you another question, Matt. Let's say somebody has a VA loan. Okay. They buy a four family, okay, which is income producing. A year later, they they leave that and they want to go buy a single family. Can they use their VA loan again to buy their next primary uh, residence? Yes, yes, wow. they can. And there's this. It gets a little complicated uh, for that next step if they had it. If they have it refinanced that original four family house to a conventional yep. loan or something. Um, because the VA has a certain level of entitlement per veteran. So if they've bought a four family and they use VA financing, they utilize some of their entitlement. So there's only a, a certain amount of entitlement left. So the amount that they could borrow for that second home would be, would be have some, have some sort of limitations there, but it's not, it's not impossible. And if it's beyond the uh, available entitlement, to do another hundred. It's 
It's a calculation based off of uh, veteran per veteran and the amount that of entitlement that was used on the first purchase. How do they figure that out? How many years you've served, what you've done, if you've been in active duty, if you've been out at war. Yep. And then they figure out how much, like, let's say I was, I was approved for a million dollars in, in, in VA financing, right? Like, you know, doing well. And I was approved for a million dollar home for VA financing, but I only used, I only went and bought a $300,000 home. So my entitlement is not t- completely used because I, I didn't go to my max on my first one. Wow. So, so it, it, it's a, it's a combination of the, the full picture of what they got going on with their current owned homes and what they're looking to purchase on the next one. It's, interesting. it's all, rel- it's all, it's all relative. So is there a time frame? Let's just say we have somebody purchased a four family home. They live in it. Is there a time frame where they have to stay in there before they find that single family home or no? Um, they don't define a time frame because if they defined a specific time frame, people would just wait until that time frame and then automatically move. What they have to do, what, what, what it's defined as is it's a reasonable amount of time to own Six or occupy months, a house. A year. Yeah. And then, and then from, again, from buyer to buyer situation to situation, life comes at people very fast. And sometimes there's life changing events that happen. Maybe there's an expansion of the family. Maybe there's a loss of income. Maybe there's a job re- relocation change. And therefore veterans, they travel all around the, the world and the United States stationed at different locations. So they might be owner occupants in Newport because they're stationed here. And instead of renting, they bought a house, but now they're moving to South Carolina because they got re- restationed within a year or two years, six months, whatever it is. They don't have to sell their house because they're moving. They could continue to own that prior, that residence that they lived in Newport, and now they have to move on to South Carolina, and they want to go purchase down in South Carolina. Absolutely, so, it, Matt. You know what, veterans? If we have any veterans listening, you should take advantage of the VA financing. We know how to get your offers accepted as veterans. We've worked with dozens and dozens and dozens. Contact the rimortgageguy.com. That's Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. They've got an amazing reputation here in the Rhode Island, Mass, uh, Connecticut, and Florida markets, actually all over. But those are the ones that Matt works in uh, specifically and is licensed to help you. So if you are a veteran, we're happy to help you here at Engel and Volkers. We love servicing our veterans as you've done for us. Thank you so much. And Matt Bates, the rimortgageguy.com is going to go ahead and get you started. Once you're pre-approved, he's going to go ahead and say, hey, look, Here's the realtors that we recommend. And I know we are on that short list of, of real estate agents. We appreciate that. And, uh, and it's fantastic. We're going to get you what you need. Go ahead, Matt. I want, I want to reiterate a real a real strong point that, uh, that I try to express to anybody that's willing to listen is VA financing, an offer from a veteran is not a seller beware no. event to have happen. If anything... It should be a you should, as a seller selling a house to a veteran, or possibly having the option to sell it to a veteran, is a is is to be applauded. You know, like you know, someone served our country. They're probably they're very mo- almost every veteran that I've ever worked with have their things in order. They're yep. very qualified. They're usually in an A plus plus profile with a very organized. And with great intentions, they, you know, they're, they're not out to 
to get anybody over. They're there to provide a home for their for their families, and it's not a difficult loan to close. And they're not unqualified buyers. They are, if anything, very very qualified buyers, and should be taken very very serious because. To me, if, so, if I actually want to buy my house, that would be an honor. <laughs> like you're, you know. you're right, I, Matt. I just had three different offers come in on on one of my properties, right? And uh, and one of them was a veteran, and it was lower than the other ones. And we negotiated certain terms, but we accepted it. And and it's right. It's because you know. Uh, and in addition to that, by the way, VA financing I think goes a lot smoother than some other financing. And people are always, you know, people are always worried about restrictions and stuff. But, dude, I mean, when you're selling VA, like, let's talk, let's let's compare FHA. That's three and a half percent down to be Rhode Island housing. Same thing as FHA with a few other overlays, meaning other, you know, restrictions compared to VA right off the bat. Can you think of some things that FHA does not allow that VA does allow? Yes, uh, absolutely. First of all, the one of the bigger, the biggest differences between the two is that FHA has a front and back end ratio max. So what that means to the listeners is that your debt to income ratio, how much money you make versus how much your monthly payment for the house plus all of your other debts on your current credit report combined into a ratio it's calculated and there's a max FHA sets a max of at the maximum 56%. And sometimes depending on the credit profile can be, could be brought down from there. You know, that's for an A plus application 56 max. They're going to cap you at, at once you're, once you hit that debt to income ratio limit. And wow. it's going to say, it's going to say no go. VA financing, VA financing, they don't have a debt to income ratio cap. But they over, look over the overall risk of the profile, meaning if the debt I, I've got, I've closed uh, uh, mortgage VA loans with DTIs in the 70s. Wow. But what they're focused on is this particular customer had a decent amount of money in savings for reserves. So they're like, we don't care what the debt ticker ratio is because this particular person has the money to continue, continue making their mortgage payments if they made $0 for a certain amount of time. But they, they have money coming in, the debt to income ratio is high, but they have the reserves, they have the reserves to, to cover it. And, um, and, and we're not limited by any of that. So uh, that can really, really be helpful in saving a lot of like, for instance, let's say, a customer was coming in with an FHA loan. They're qualified for $400,000. They're right at their max. The interest rates go up and they get the insurance policy. It's triple what was estimated for one reason. Maybe it's a flat roof or it's by the water or there's a pool or something's causing the insurance to go up in combination with high interest rates. Now that customer doesn't qualify because the debt to income ratio goes over 56%. Wow. The VA loan, there's no limit there. So any of those items that are coming in, that happen to be specific to the property or the interest rate, the, the the housing market with interest rates, the VA loan will still be able to get the job done without having to worry about that. 
How about how about things like uh, underground oil tanks or um, you know the VA and FHA are very similar in the condition capability the, condi- the current condition of the home. Okay. So um, they're they're going to want to see stand, uh, handrails. They're going to want to not see bars on the windows. They're going to want to see uh, underground water t- uh, uh, oil tanks are are acceptable as long as they're not um, uh, environmentally destroying this, the area. So, okay, great. Yeah. How about proximity to uh, gas stations and and that other? Doesn't, that doesn't apply for VA loans. Only okay. But uh, but yeah, so with FHA buyers, if you're selling a property or you're purchasing a property and you are within, say, 300 yards of a gas station or just a commercial uh, building with with oil tanks or gas tanks exposed outside or underground in that area, you're not able to purchase that home. But with VA financing, you are. So there's there's a lot of caveats. There's a lot of pluses to accepting VA financed offers, and you know sellers really need to know all the pros and cons of all of that. Okay, at the end of the day, the sellers are going to go with who's the best fit that they think financially to afford their home and close on the deal. That's how it gets done, or who has the best terms or whatever. But I got to tell you, bar none, the VA financing is the best out there. And uh, and it's for the best people. So again, thank you so much, Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage, the RIMortgageGuy.com. This guy, super knowledgeable about any type of mortgage that you need. I strongly suggest to contact him, refer him out. If you're a listener, he's going to get to take good, good care of people. Again, the RIMortgageGuy.com, Matt Bates, Movement Mortgage. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to all the veterans out there. We we really appreciate you guys. And we look forward to working with you. Absolutely. You bet. Good stuff. Hey, we'd like to thank Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. And this is the Spirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Movement Mortgage. Stay tuned. We're going to be back in a few right here on the Spirito Team Real Estate Show. Spirito Team Real Estate Show. Spirito Team Real now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. So you can see oh, what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? We've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com who runs the state's best website for finding out what's going on here in Rhode Island. So Great theme song for that. By the way, Jen, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy April. Always a pleasure. I know. Happy April. It's so funny. You know, once, once like, you know, in March, I think it's March 21st, once like it's like considered spring, right? You notice like the birds start chirping, the sun starts coming out. And of course, somebody's like, duh, it's spring. But it's amazing how like nature just bow turns on. I know you love it because your event calendar fills up. Yes, absolutely. I love it. We can get back outside. Um, lots of weekly things going on too, which is nice. Absolutely. To begin, um, April 15th, the Stadium Theater is featuring two live bands starting at 8 p.m. The Box Tops and the Buckinghams um, live will feature a night of blue-eyed soul and sunshine love. Each band will perform their hits. Um, so it's just a great chance to enjoy two bands one night um, at a, obviously a great venue the stadium theater you're looking for some place for easter brunch april 17th which is easter 
Um, there's Easter brunch and an egg hunt by the sea at the Windjammer in Westerly from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, there'll be an Easter brunch buffet um, with live music and a free Easter egg hunt for the kids at 11 a.m. Um, reservations for the brunch are encouraged, but not necessary. Um, so again, if you're looking for something to do and you don't want to cook, a Simmons farm in Middletown. Speaking of spring, this is like the same thing. All the baby goats are born, which is really like one of my favorite things. So Simmons Farm in Middletown is back at it with pet and cuddle weekends and also during select weekdays. Um, it's baby goat season and there's nothing more sweet to lift your spirits. So stop over with family and friends. Um, the kids obviously love this one. My child babe begs for a baby goat every time we see one. <laughs> and I'm such a sucker that it's almost actually happened a few times. Add it to the um, farm. You got roosters out there. You got everything. I know. And it's her 10th birthday. And I was like, do I need a baby goat? No, no, no. I don't need a baby goat. But so, oh. yeah, so that's just a great way to just, you know, get out, enjoy nature and enjoy all those spring things. And the kids love it. Speaking of the weekly events, Food Truck Fridays return to the Roger Williams Park from 5 to 830. Um, it's their eighth season of Food Truck Fridays, and it will go through September. So you can enjoy some of the best food trucks around. Admission is free and there's over 15 locally owned food trucks. And I believe they vary weekly. And with local beer from Trinity Brew House, there's also live music. And obviously, you just pay for what you eat and drink. Um, bring a chair, bring a blanket, and just get comfortable and hang out with food and drink. And also, the carousel rides are open. The train, um, you, you can explore the playground. There's still a fee for the carousel rides and the train. You know, it's separate from the food truck, but definitely entices the little ones. And last but not least, Easter weekend carriage rides at Liberty Farm in Harrisville. Um, is April 15th, 16th, and 17th. So you can enjoy a peaceful ride with your loved ones or your family. And there'll actually be a scavenger hunt for the kids along the route. Um, reservations are required and you can make those at libertyfarm.net. And the price varies, you know, depending on how many people you have. And you can actually get groups up to 14, I believe. So um, any size group really works, but the price depends on how many people. Wow, that's awesome. And listen, if you're tuning in, you can check all of those events out at riblogger.com. Check it out. Wonderful local website, highly trafficked, ton of people going in and out of that website every single day. Um, people traveling here to Rhode Island, people that live here. So make sure to put your events on there as well, too. There's a free way of doing that. And if you want to advertise your business with Jennifer, I mean, there's no better way. We've been working with Jennifer for years and years and years. And it's just such a fantastic resource to have her here. So many people see us on there. So riblogger.com. Jen, thanks so much. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You're welcome. You too. Good stuff. Awesome. What a great show today. I'd like to thank Melissa Delena of Delena Law. Brought a fantastic subject in today. If you missed any of these segments, you can check them out on iHeartRadio. They're streaming or SoundCloud or even facebook.com backslash Desperado team. I'd like to thank Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage, the rimortgageguy.com. We're talking about our veterans today. If you need any type of VA financing, go to the, the rimortgageguy.com. Fantastic. Also like to thank Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com for coming in, talking about the top five events here. And uh, Andrew, our producer, Bill, our station manager, and you, our listeners for keeping this show number one here in the Rhode Island market. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. God bless you. I'm Emilio Desperado with the Desperado team at Anglin Volkers signing off. We'll see you here again next week. Take care.